Hello, Katawantoki. Here come the Pacific waves from RNZ Pacific. Me and Lomikoroi Hawkins. Coming up. Especially the increase in ministries. It's just so stupid and bad for this country in the wrong direction completely. There is stiff opposition to a proposed constitutional amendment in Vanuatu. I don't really think it will have a big impact as last year. The uptake of COVID-19 vaccinations in Wallace and Fortuna is still low ahead of their proposed border reopening. Seeing other schools and boys wearing the FI going alike. I just wanted to be a part of that. And New Zealand's Christ College makes the EFI Tanga acceptable school uniform. The Vanuatu government's proposal to make several major constitutional amendments has been labelled as irresponsible by the opposition. On Friday, Prime Minister Bob Lothman's government is expected to introduce a bill to make the Eighth Amendment to the nation's constitution. It hopes to pass 16 changes during this special parliamentary session, including expanding the definition of people of Vanuatu, extending the life of parliament from four to five years, allowing dual citizens to hold public office and establishing four new ministries, among others. But opposition leader Ralph Reagan Vanu says Mr Lofman's intentions to enact the changes are done in bad faith and is an attempt to secure the political career of the government. Mr. Reganbanu says while the opposition supports most of the proposed amendments, it has serious objections against five of them. Especially the increase in ministries. It's just so stupid and bad for this country in the wrong direction completely. He says establishing four new ministries, which would cost the government an estimated 2.6 billion vatu, was most concerning as it goes against the recommendations by the 2016 Constitutional Review Committee to reform and right-size the government. A former Vanuatu Prime Minister and head of the Reunification of Movement of Change Party, Charlo Salwai, was also a current MP in Mr Lofman's coalition government, said his party will boycott Friday's parliamentary sitting. Mr Salwai said the people of Vanuatu have not been consulted about the bill. Mr Reganvanu has confirmed the opposition will also not be present in parliament to debate the bill, which will mean there will be no quorum. Everyone knows what this government's about. It's about increasing its own benefits, taking more money from the public purse for personal interest, increasing salaries of themselves, increasing positions, buying vehicles and doing nothing, no no service delivery. Under Vanuatu law, the government needs two-thirds of the 52 members of the parliament on its side to pass changes to the constitution. Project lead at the Griffith Asia Institute's Pacific Hub, Dr Tess Newton-Kane, says Mr Lofman's government has the numbers to get over the line with the amendments. The Lofman government has sufficient numbers in the parliament to be able to get through these constitutional amendments because it requires a special majority, not the standard majority. So they've got more than two-thirds of the MPs. So they've obviously seen this as a, an opportunity to make some fairly significant amendments to the constitution. Today, in the media out of Vanuatu, we learned that the uh, Salwai-led component of that government, the Reunification Movement for Change Party, he said that they will boycott Parliament, that they won't take part in these debates. He, you know, Salwai has said that he feels there hasn't been any uh, consultation with chiefs and civil society and that he doesn't think that that's appropriate.
for constitutional change. So I don't know what that means in terms of the numbers. They, they, I mean, they do have a very significant majority on the floor of the House. As you mentioned, former PM has indicated that his, his team will boycott. And we've also got the news out of Vanuatu that the leader of opposition, Ralph Reganmanu, is also there going to come out opposing this proposal. Well, we've already seen some commentary from the leader of the opposition, as you say, criticising this these amendments. He particularly zeroed in on the cost to the budget that the creation of four new ministries would would be. It was obviously a significant cost to the budget in terms of renting office space, vehicles, staff costs. And um, as we know, Vanuatu, like a lot of Pacific Island countries, is suffering um, an economic downturn. The tourism has yet to resume into the country. Um, there's been a lot of people who have lost their jobs or had their hours severely cut down because of an economic downturn because of, because of COVID. And, you know, the recovery out of that has yet to really get started. So, you know, I think it does raise a, an important issue as to whether this is an appropriate spend for the government, given that resources are so constrained. And I think that that's something that uh, we can expect the leader of the opposition, Ralph Bregenvalli, to be making making reference to in. So what happens if these amendments do get passed in Parliament? Well, if if these amendments go through and, and they cover a range of things, if we focus on that one that creates the new ministries, we know looking at the looking at Vanuatu politics going back however long, that the allocation of ministries as between different groups within a coalition government is part of how the Prime Minister um, both establishes and then maintains that coalition. And we know previously that there's been a bit of discontent among the government at the moment about people who have been on the backbench thinking that they were going to get the opportunity to take on ministries and maybe that hasn't happened. So this essentially gives the Prime Minister four more cards to play with in terms of how he keeps the various groups within the coalition content and how he keeps them on side because obviously that obviously shores up the government's position against um, what we know is another very common feature of Vanuatu politics and that is the use of motions of no confidence as a means of changing government uh, or changing leadership between between elections. So it will mean that um, that, that, that will actually play to the whoever's in government, it will give them ad- additional um, additional political resources to draw on in terms of keeping everybody on on their side of the house. Wallace and Fortuna plans to open its borders by the 11th of July, with two initial flights per week to Fiji via New Caledonia. It will also be lifting its mandatory seven-day isolation for travellers on the 15th of June. But with the community uptake of the COVID-19 vaccination still slow, a French medical team is on the ground helping local communities prepare for the reopening. Jan Kohut reports. Seven health officials from France are currently on the ground in Wallace and Futuna to counter COVID-19 misinformation. Health officials say a total of 2,572 out of 15,000 living on the island have not received any vaccination against COVID-19, which poses a risk to the island's public health. 
Health officials also say they count 2,982 people who have received their three injections. The director in charge of the public health agency in Wallace and Futuna, Dr Bernadette Worms, say there is quite a variation in vaccination statistics between people who have completed their first and second doses and those who have had their booster shots. We saw that there are very few people who are not well vaccinated over the territory. This means the virus will enter the territory and will enter on a population that is a little naive and that we only have 30% of the territory that is fully vaccinated. It is extremely important to restart the vaccine campaign as much as we can to try and get people to get their first, second and third vaccination shots. To facilitate the operation, the team will move from village to village for four weeks in the company of the chiefs throughout the three sectors of the territory. The north has six villages, the centre has five villages and the south has ten. A village chief from Wallace and Futuna who wanted to remain anonymous said there are a variety of factors influencing whether or not people accept the vaccination. So there are a lot of vaccinated numbers due to the internet spreading information, but there are also like other territories of anti-vaxxers which are present in each country. Even the church supports vaccination. It's simply that some people watch TV and have access to the internet. They become anti-vax. For them, it's the fact that they think sickness will not come to them because there are currently no infections in the area, even though there were people infected last year and even some deaths. But yes, there are a few who are a little bit lazy to get vaccinated. A doctor in charge of a health team in Wallace and Futuna, who also wanted to remain anonymous, says he believes the health infrastructure could withstand another Omicron COVID-19 outbreak, but not a Delta one, like they had in 2021. I don't really think it will have a big impact as last year. Even if the virus enters and propagates all over the population, it'll be a little of a cold, but not more. However, if it becomes the same as last year, it will be absolutely disastrous because there still isn't enough doctors, there isn't enough beds, there's barely any ICUs and they haven't had enough equipment. The doctor says that if another deadly outbreak repeated itself similarly to 2021, France will be sure to send health reinforcements. Dr Worms says the awareness and information campaign will help prevent a heavy outbreak in the Territory. Students at Christ's College in Christchurch, New Zealand are excited they can finally wear EFI Tanga to school instead of grey pants. The garment's name in Psalm 1 is EFI Tanga. It's described as a more formal version of a lava lava. They're known as Tupenu in Tonga and Sulu in Fiji. The school's principal says the addition to the official college uniform can be worn by Pacifica students in place of their trousers throughout the year. Lydia Lewis spoke with Jaden Saar, one of the first students at the school, to wear his. Jaden grew up in a hard-working Samoan family. He is a New Zealander but is proud of his Samoan culture. For him, it represents more than just a uniform. Last year when we didn't have any luck in seeing other schools and boys wearing their hefei um, ganga, like, I just wanted to be a part of that and like, because they get to represent themselves and their culture and I thought, why not you know, get involved and 
led us to really embrace our culture. He's in Christ's College's first 15, when other boys from different schools wore their ear whaitanga, that got Jaden a teacher, and then the principal, thinking. We have a school of 700 students. We have a, an underlying philosophy at each boy at his best, and uh, that's what we're trying to do for all of our kids. So he made it happen. It was easy to implement because it is not the first school in the country to make them an option. Assistant Principal Neil Porter says he wishes the decision was made sooner. Some people are further down journeys than we are. We believe it's a, a step in, uh, in the right direction and from my point of view it's been so well received by the boys and, and the parents that it, in some ways I'm kicking myself we haven't done it earlier. Jaden and the boys in the first 15 are honoured they are now able to wear their ear whaitanga at school. I was pretty stoked, you know, I was pretty happy that um, he even thought of us in a way, but yeah, it's great. Former Principals Association President Fetu Cormack wants all schools to do more to address issues Pacifica students face. One could argue that a uniform of change is merely a sort of a surface covering kind of activity or initiative. I mean, I applaud the school that they're doing it. You know, what are the challenges for this school and then what are the challenges in the wider community for Pacifica and Māori students? And we know what they are, high levels of underachievement, and I would argue that in many instances they've come about because our system has perpetuated the inequities and perpetuated racism and low expectation. Dautai Olemwana Trust, which comes under the New Zealand Pacifica Principals Association, agrees. Director Helen Varney believes equity goes beyond reading, writing and math. It's recognising that it goes beyond you know, the reading, the writing and the math. It's about understanding the person that you're working with, where they've come from, what their strengths are behind them, their heritages and their languages that actually make them who they are. Student Jaden's newfound pride is a testament to that. Yeah, like, um, motivates, it motivates me, um, just like thinking about family and where I've come from and um, what got me here. So, um, yeah, I'd say it gives me some strength. He hopes other schools yet to make EFITANGA an option have a light bulb moment and make the change. That brings us to the end of Pacific Waves for today. Remember, you can download us free to your device from Spotify, iHeart, or Apple Podcasts. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can also find us. Looking for that next time more.